stay to the very end. Don't cut out early. Push past the, your tiredness or whatever's going on. Stay to the end of whatever it is you're involved in and then stay a little more. Hey, everybody, this is John uh, with Millen Group. Um, today on this uh, podcast episode, I've actually pulled over. I usually do these while I'm driving, but I want to. I want to share a really interesting, a cool thing that I have done and learned from in, in, in practice that has made a huge difference for me. And it's um, related to, so here, uh, the big idea in 60 seconds, right? As Orrin Claff says, um, when you're involved in an environment, a conference call, a Zoom call, an in-person seminar, a one-on-one meeting, a networking meeting, um, a trade show, Whatever it is, and you're there to learn something or get better or refine your skills or do something to improve yourself, business, personal, family, doesn't matter. Whatever that environment is, resist the temptation to leave early. Stay to the end. Even when you think it's over, it's probably not over because you're waiting for – because there's one or two things that might show up at the very end that are unplanned. And then a little bit past that, I'll say, don't just stay to the end, stay after the end. Don't leave even afterwards. I'm going to give you two scenarios, one with Grant Cardone, the second with Orrin Claff. And I'm going to give you some, some context for what I'm saying. And this just happened again last week to me. And, and just when I thought like, uh, I've had enough, you know, like get off the call or, or go back to the hotel after a conference, whatever it is, it could be church. Right, it could be a PTA meeting. It could be a new uh, child orientation at the school, new school you're taking your kids to. Whatever that environment is, it doesn't have to be a business thing. Um, I'm gonna, but the context that I'm using right now that's very fresh are two business con- concepts, and I think you will relate to the. What's the lesson? Lesson is stay to the end and then stay longer. So here's the first scenario: Grant Cardone is is, and I've had the chance to. Um, Talk to him, train with him, um, be in, in training events with him, talk to his team for probably eight years, maybe 10 years, a decade. So first thing off the bat is he is a really good person. No matter what you might think from Instagram or YouTube or stuff you see that's written by people that don't know him. Um, I'm not saying I'm his best friend, but I'm saying I've been, I've seen him and interacted in different environments and there's consistency, there's honesty, there's integrity. He cares about people. He doesn't have to, he makes a ton of money. He doesn't have to help anybody really. If he doesn't want to, that's out of the gate. So whatever you think of Grant, if it's, Hey, I love Grant. Great. But if you're like, I don't like Grant still listen, because it's probably something you're filtering. Like you, there's something you don't like that you heard one clip and you're like this. So I don't want that to be the hindrance of the lesson. I don't care if you hate him. Just listen to the lesson because the lesson will help you. Here's the context. Five years ago or so, we made a decision to join Grant's real estate investment um, fund called Cardone Capital. Do your own research. This is not a pitch for that. I'm just saying this is investing in multi-unit properties. These are two, three, four hundred unit complexes around the nation in really good locations. These are class A properties, highly occupied, good rents. And it's a, it's a really great way to invest your money and protect it and so forth. So I'm on these calls every month with him because I'm an investor and I had to put money down five years ago. I had to like write a check, which was not easy after all my six months of due diligence. I'm like, okay, now I got to write a check. Oh, funny how that becomes when you, until you make a commitment of time, money or or energy, 
doesn't matter. There's no commitment. When I wrote that commitment for that first check, which was scary, um, I wasn't committed. So now I'm committed. And years later, we've invested in a couple different things versus like the stock market or, or what have you. So I want to call every month with him. And he hosts these calls just for investors or live Zoom calls. And he's been on everyone. Now, he doesn't need to be on everyone, first of all. He's worth hundreds of millions of dollars. He's probably worth a billion dollars. And, but he's on these calls with – usually there's between 800 and 1,200 people. It fluctuates, maybe more than that, maybe a little bit more. So let's call it 1,000 people. They're all on Zoom. You see their videos. And they're usually at 8 o'clock Eastern, 8 p.m. Eastern when I'm really tired. And almost every month I'm like, what am I, what's he going to tell you that's changed in the last month? Not much. I should probably just – I should just li- at least listen. Like I'm not – staring at my screen I, I i turn my video off because there's a thousand people it's not you know I, whatever without exception i'm gl- number one i'm glad i'm on the call but i start getting tired around nine o'clock and sometimes it stretches at 9 15 9 30 now i'm really tired um, my brain is fried i've been working all day i'm, I'm ready to go to bed I'm tired like just stay to the end john just stay to the end stay to the very end until they shut the zoom off and then it's over and, and without – and many times I will say something happens in the last two to three minutes that is worth ten times what I heard the entire call. And let me give you a specific example. And this is really hard to do because you, everything is fighting telling you jump off and I'll give you the context. If you're on a call, they're like, okay, guys, well, hey, thanks for joining. The next call will be in about a month. Let us know if you have any questions. It's kind of that language from the people. and You know like it's winding down and people start bailing. It's at that moment I don't bail. I'm like, what's another two, three minutes? Just hang. Just been on for an hour, 20 minutes. What's another two minutes? Just three. Just let it just let it wind till they officially close. I was on a call about a year ago or two years ago. And this has happened many times. I'm gonna give you a very specific example. Right at that moment, one of his team members asked him a question, like, hey Grant, hey, you know, one question we get is like, what's your exit plan? Like you're building this portfolio of 12,000 units and uh, 30 properties, 20 properties, you know, what, what's the exit plan? What are you going to do with this? What are the potential next moves? And that's really important to know when you invest in something, what is your exit? Is it a buy and hold strategy? Is it buy and sell? Is it to somebody else? Is it to take a company public? There's all kinds of different things you can do, right? And they ask this question. And I'm like, boy, that's a really good question. I've not really heard him answer that. So I'm going to listen. And he, what he said in two minutes at the end of this long hour and a half call or hour and 15 call was worth 10 times what I had heard on the call. Now, I'm not going to tell you because, it's, number one, it's irrelevant. Number two, it's confidential. Um, but it doesn't matter. The point is what he said. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's one of his exit plans. And it came straight from him. And it blew my mind. I'm like, that is, oh, wow, that's really big because that is a big part of, of like for business and investing things. Like, what, what, do you want to eventually get out of this thing? And if so, what does it mean to the investor? So that's one example that is so clear. And this has happened many times on these calls where I wait and I wait and I wait and I wait till they finally shut it down and then I disconnect. So that's my first tip. Hang to the end, especially on those things. It's so easy to disconnect, I know, but, you, but I've been there an hour and 15 minutes trying to learn something. I'm there on purpose, and I did learn stuff. I learned all kinds of stuff, but sometimes the biggest thing you learn is right at the end when everyone else is disconnecting, 
and then someone steps in and asks a question. That's that's example number one. Example number two is something with Oren Claff. Um, if you don't know who Oren Claff is, um, I highly suggest you read his book, Pitch Anything, uh, first. That's his best book. But you can also see a lot of content on YouTube. Oren is a master at communicating with people in a sales and marketing environment or pitching a an idea or a business or a product or, you know, it's pitching in a kind of a very general sense, not like a sleazy pitching, but like, Hey, I've got an idea. I'm going to, can I tell you about it and tell me what you think? That's pitching. Not, I'm going to strong arm you and lock you in a headlock and make you buy this. That's, that's, that's manipulating. That's not what this is. So I started following him about two years ago. Maybe I met him in person at a conference because I was at an event in California and he was a substitute speaker with boat because someone else got sick or something, whatever happened, blew my freaking mind. Since that day, I studied him and I implemented it. I didn't just study it and be like, oh, that's nice. I implemented it and I learned really fast. Like, okay, I messed up some things and I pitched the wrong way and I came across aggressive. All that, two, three years later, two years later. I am now um, in an environment because I was hanging around. I, was, I didn't disconnect from his emails. I, and I learned about a new thing that he's doing, a new investment called the IPO factory. You can, you can reach out to me separately if you want to learn more about it. But that doesn't matter. So he's investing, right? And so um, because we don't do a lot of stock, I don't do any stock market investing. We got out of stock. So I use, I'm, I'm looking for other ways to protect the income we have and for college tuitions and all that stuff, right, that most people do. And so he had an event um, in California where I flew out and it cost me money, it cost me airfare, it cost me hotel, a rental car, eating out, which wasn't a whole ton. I didn't eat that, that much. And then the cost of the, get to the, of the event and such, such. Forth. So this is a, not a small investment, but it was worth it because what yeah, I'd learned up till then, like he's onto something really cool here. My gut instinct is saying I need to be in person as he tells more. It's a, it was a two-day event. So I did that. I flew across the country, which on the surface, you'd be like, that's, he had a Zoom call. You could, you could have watched the whole thing from your house on Zoom and saved 1500 bucks for a plane fare and, and hotel or whatever it is. But I wanted to be there in person. I did not want to be there via Zoom because I knew it's ha what happens when I'm on a two-day Zoom call. I'm not there listening for two days, right? I'm not there. The end of the first day, was it the first day? When it ended, I purposely was exhausted. My brain, mentally, I'd learned so much in a short period of time in such intensity that sometimes my, you know, your brain gets overwhelmed. And so I was ready to go to the hotel. I was like, I didn't want to go out to eat anywhere. I didn't want to find a local seafood shop and go get a nice dinner. I didn't want to network with anybody. My, I was done. Like, take me to the hotel. I didn't even know if I was hungry at that point. Just let me just lay down. And just watch some TV and fall asleep because I was just mentally, it was that good. And the, the magic came on, um, was it the second day? It was either the first day or the second day. It doesn't matter. So I hung around and people started leaving, right? The event's over and I'm just taking my time. I'm like, and there's no, no specific objective that I was looking for. It wasn't like I'm, oh, you know, I had something to do. I did want to um, thank Oren afterwards again. At, you know, there's probably 40 people in the room. 
30 to 30 to 50 over the two days total. So it, so it was in that 30, 40, 50 person range at his offices in San Diego. And I just want to hang around because I was like, I'm so tired, but I want to go. I want to go to the hotel and just relax. I'm done talking. I'm done listening. Like, and, but I didn't. And I picked up some nuances from some people that were there. The second day, I had a chance to connect, uh, we had a chance to, to talk to Oren more deeply and he unveiled some things he couldn't say from stage. Um, and he called it inside baseball, right? It wasn't like confident. It wasn't, it was sort of confidential, but it was something that because we were, we were going to invest with him and he knew that he's like, you know, we were serious and I'd been hanging around and asking good questions, front row, taking notes, that he shared some details about um, this investments, this investment he's working on that was game changer for me. I was like, holy cow, you didn't mention that during the thing. Like, yeah, I gotta be a little careful. You know, I don't wanna, I don't wanna come across the wrong way. I, don't, I gotta be a little bit careful what I say in public. And this is a recorded Zoom call. So he was real careful not to overpromise anything, not make promissory statements, safe harbor stuff. But what he told me, was not like, this is going to be the deal. But he said, this is what we're thinking is going to happen. This is what we think is the next step. This is where we are. And that, after two days, was worth almost the entire two days. It was at the very end, but it was after it, it closed. Everyone was gone. I think I was the last, I was, I was the last person to leave the office. Um, other than him and his team. Him, um, and then some other people were coming in. Everyone had gone, and I was still there. And that is the lesson that I stayed past the end and I purposely was just in the environment and whatever was going to happen was going to happen and good things tend, tend to happen when you're just in an environment that allows it to happen. The reason I flew to California wasn't because I'd like flying five hours and having one stop and being in a little seat and being having time lag travel lag and the time change and sleeping in a hotel and driving getting a rental car oh that's this is not a vacation trip this is not a fun way to use my time i did it so that i was in an environment i put myself in the environment and that's a lesson i've learned probably from grant cardone put yourself or and maybe it's jim Rohn that i've listened to it's a culmination of my life just saying be in an environment where there are people that good things will happen. And that particular environment, this is just a side note that um, I didn't want to be in that environment. That was an intimidating group of people to put myself in. I was not um, at the apex, right? The alpha in that group of 40 or 50 people. I was like Delta. They were, they were more successful than me had a higher level of financial uh, intelligence about stuff that I didn't know what they were talking about. They were just in a different stratosphere. They, and they were doing things that I was struggling to understand because it was just, it was finance and it's investing and it's banking and it's stuff that I wanted to learn, but I had to put myself and humble myself that I was a student. I'm not there to talk about me. I'm not there to talk about my business and go try to find some clients None of that is I'm there to learn and network and ask questions and be a sponge and learn this thing because I think there's something here. There's, I'm, I'm supposed to learn something. So that is another tip that I would say. Put yourself in an environment. And for me, you would think I'm an extrovert because of the stuff I do. I'm not. I'm an introvert. I would much rather not be in a group of people. 
is my is my nature. I don't like going to networking events. I don't like going to socials. I don't like um, going to an event with 50 business owners that are doing shit that I have never, I, I like, they tell me, I'm like, what is that? You're, you're, you run a family office. What, 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 what do you, what's a family office? Like, or I'm in this thing. I'm like, I, you know, it's just, it's very humbling, you know? And, and, it, and that's what I wanted. I wanted to stretch myself to do that, to be in an environment where I don't know. And I want to learn though. And so I'm open-minded and I wasn't filtering and I wasn't, the other thing I had to be is not judgmental in a room full of people that your judge, your ego, my ego can tend to kick in and it's naturally like, oh, they don't know what they're talking about. Oh, they're just, you know, oh, they're just bragging or they're just talking about themselves. Ask me about me. Let me tell you about me. Let me tell you about my company. So you got to be in an environment where you're willing to not let that overtake you. It's not about me. It's not about me telling them. It's about me asking them like, hey, what do you do? And then they say something. I go, oh, wow. And then one guy gave me a book he wrote. I'm like, holy cow, hardback book. And uh, I was just networking with him and talking to him. I'm like, I know how hard it is to write a book. I wrote a book because nothing doesn't look anything like this. Like this is a serious book. Mine's like a booklet that I printed. Uh, and so, you know, just that thing about him doing it. And then he then he recorded it on audio. Then I got it from Audible. I started listening to it on the plane. And just, you just don't know. But it, but the lesson here, as I wrap up, stay to the end, stay longer if you can. Um, put yourself in an environment of a, of of and when you put yourself in the environment, it's not always going to turn into something, but you increase your chances dramatically because you're there, and and whether it's. Um, that or like in sales, you're doing a, 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 a presentation, let's say, let's say you, we do a present, we do it, we get some information from a company, we do some cost modeling, and we talk about their benefits, and we present this packet of information and details and benchmarking. And it's really, really cool stuff that we give to them. I could do all these by zoom, even people that are in Richmond, that are 10 miles away from me, I could do all of them by zoom. No one is begging me to come in person to present it. But I'm going in person when I can. I flew to Texas to do this from Virginia to Texas just to present this cost modeling. This is not a client. This is like they pay me a small fee. I do this analysis. I flew down there, took two days, right, down and back to be in an environment to present it because things are different when you're in person with someone. You learn, you see things, you hear things, you form a connection. And for me, that was another one. I don't really want to fly to Texas. I don't want to go through two airports. I do not want to drive 50 miles uh, from the airport and uh, like that's not fun but I did it because I knew if I put myself in an environment I will learn something from that so I hope this is helpful um if I can help you in any way you know I'm on LinkedIn you can go to our website millengroup.com m-i-l-l-e-n group.com you can connect with me there but I hope this is helpful this has just really been instrumental for me and it's something that I'm teaching my kids that I have 11 year old twins, you know, they're still really young. I'm teaching them these things I've learned and I want to pass that down because you just never know when you stay to the end, you separate yourself from everybody else and things sometimes really happen that will help you. So, uh, best of luck and let me know if I can uh, be of assistance.